I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Split Opinion with Flora Gill and Amber Rudd. Flora, I think you'll find it's Amber Rudd first. And shouldn't you tell people who we are? Okay, uh, with journalist Flora Gill and failed politician Amber Rudd. (laughs) Or more like the right honourable Amber Rudd and her nobody daughter. Okay, wow, taking that to therapy. Each week we'll be discussing topics that split opinion and we'll be trying to convince each other to change their mind. That's right, because here at Split Opinion, we think changing your mind should be celebrated. Too often today, people refuse to listen to the other side and have become very dogmatic in their positions. That's something I learned a lot about in the past few years in politics. So we'll be looking at items that have changed our mindset in the last week before picking a subject to delve into. Sometimes they'll be serious, like drug legalisation and prostitution. Other times they'll be less so, like telly and thongs. But we won't be doing it alone. We'll be joined by a guest, an expert, who can help each of us win our particular case. So without further ado, let's get started. So, Mum, we're here in uh, your living room because you were too lazy to come to me. That's right. And it's much more comfortable than yours, let's face it. (laughs) And closer to the fridge. It is much nicer and your fridge is packed with much better food. Good. Um, Why don't you tell people why we wanted to do this podcast? Um, Because I think it's important for people to have an open mind to other people's ideas. So much in society is perceived as being black and white. People hold a position, they fight it, they repel other people with different ideas and I think it's important to listen to other people's views and sometimes sometimes to say oh well they have a point I'm going to change my mind and maybe you don't change the whole of your mind maybe you just move a bit and adjust it but changing your mind can be empowering yeah it's interesting hearing you say that as a politician famously hate u-turns hate changing their minds and as a parent who just never admitted they were wrong basically yeah I don't think that's entirely true about my parenting, but I'm sure that'll be the subject of another conversation. But for now, I think that is absolutely right, Flora. I'm no longer a politician. And one of the things I didn't particularly like was trying to hold a position irrespective of the facts changing. And sometimes I would come out and say, well, actually, this is in fact the case. And quite often that could lead me into trouble with my boss, the Prime Minister of the time. But I do think it's important. It's much more sensible. It reflects actual facts. And in the long term, it's more effective for everybody. Who said when the facts change, so do my opinions? It's like Brilliantly. No. <laughs> Brilliantly, it was Keynes and what he actually said, uh, when the facts change, I change my opinions. What do you do? Mm. Making the other person sound like the complete lemon for not being intelligent enough to change their opinion because of the facts. Can we get him as a guest on the show? Uh, Flora, I think I've got to do more about your education. (laughs) (laughs) I also wanted to do this because of the pleasure of working with you. Uh, I, I think there's a fundamental core here about split opinions and about arguing, but also it's quite fun, the idea of working with you. We'll see. We'll see how fun you find it a few weeks in. True. Just first day, we'll leave it there. Um, but we didn't actually come up with the idea ourselves. It was through people on Twitter suggesting it. it's that classic thing where 
before you do it, everyone suggests it on Twitter. And as soon as you suggest it, you then get everyone going, what the hell are you thinking? Yes. Um, but it, I think the first time it, er- it erupted, or the first time we got calls for it, was when I tweeted asking for response suggestions because the first boy I ever slept with had slid into my DMs, direct message mum, after <laughs> ghosting me for 10 years ghosting you know you know ghosting where yeah. You... yeah well I found out subsequently okay but... so for anyone listening it's where you don't reply to someone you just ignore their messages you ghost them um and finally after after ignoring me for 10 years he had found out that I wrote for GQ and said that I might be the most accomplished person he's ever slept with uh, and I was asking I was canvassing responses and mum's completely unasked for unrequested just said what did you say well I just jumped on in there and I said your mother would like to speak to him just sometimes the shortest tweet can be the most powerful I mean I didn't want to sound too menacing but I think it maybe it was yeah and then you were surprised by the amount of response you got especially from from you I think you were surprised that people in parliament had seen it oh my gosh that was so funny I went down to the MPs tea room just popped in as normal and these Labour women MPs particularly came up to me and said you own Twitter (laughs) took me a while to work out what that meant you own Twitter but it was a definite seal of approval and then a few conservative MPs came up and said oh that's a bit awkward between you and your daughter And obviously I moved on for that. And then the funniest one was when this DUP MP came up to me and said, I've seen the exchange with your daughter. It's really awful what that man did to her. (laughs) Oh my God, that impression, Mum. I'm so sorry to any listeners for that (laughs) awful impression. I swear Mum will never do that again. But it's true. There was a kind of stir of activity around Twitter on that, which made me think that... Maybe maybe they had a point when people were suggesting we should do something together. My least favourite uh, response to, to my tweets was when I was innocently talking about uh, getting a pregnancy test and uh, you responded with something like, please be careful, nothing ruins your life like an unplanned pregnancy. <laughs> and, and in case anyone was unsure what that was in reference to, that was definitely in reference to me. I'm basically an advert. For, <laughs> for, for, for I, d- I don't know why you taught it, t- took it so pe- personally, but um, I thought it was an opportunity just to uh, to give a general warning to people to be more careful um, with uh, with sex, basically. Oh my gosh, I'm the first one who's really brought it up. Um, but my least favourite one was when you shared a picture of me ignoring you in Parliament. Um, you know, which has to happen sometimes. So people don't just sit on the green benches looking at their children's texts. They have to actually do some work. So I had to just, you know, ignore it. Was, it was for anyone that didn't see it, because a lot of people won't have. It was uh, when you could just watch Parliament live uh, on, on the internet. I don't know how you did it. I did it. You could just watch Parliament live. And I texted mum and watched her pick up her phone look at it and turn it over and just not respond. (laughs) She left me on read. I think I had an important debate to participate in. Mm, Seems unlikely. But you're right. Um, Now you can't see me ignore you quite so effectively. I know, you can (laughs) pretend it's something else. So, before we get into our main topic of the week, to warm us up, Flora, Flora and I are each going to share something that's well, made us change our mindset recently. So mine is about restaurants. I mean, as we come out of this pandemic, most of us are going to be quite cautious about going out into groups, going out into public areas. And so I didn't think I would be going out much, but I've reconsidered that. And looking at the numbers, looking at the fact that restaurants and shops urgently need to reopen, to employ people, to keep going... I think we should all be trying to go out, if we can, to those restaurants and those shops. And I'm going to make a special effort to do so. I can't believe that this is our first time doing this. It's our first, your first topic and you're already using it like a political broadcast <laughs> to tell everyone to get out, get to the restaurants, go support your local community. Yeah, that's right. Old habits die hard. But also, Flora, if you're very lucky, I'll get you to come with me as my guest. Oh my God, I'm afraid I'm busy. But, but there, there is a serious point, there is a serious point, that if those restaurants and retail are going to be able to continue to employ people, we need to be out there uh, giving them reason to do so, spending a bit of money. You know, there are nine million people who are furloughed at the moment of which three million people are in retail and hospitality so they need us they need us 
to get out there and start spending a little bit of money so that they can keep in their jobs. Otherwise, and this is the big fear for government over the next few months, there's going to be a huge rise in unemployment. So I think we have to overcome our fear. And that's what I'm going to do and try and get out there to spend a bit of money. Yeah, I think I think it's really interesting. I can totally understand that changing mindset. I've struggled with it a bit as well. It's one of those things where we were all talking about how desperate we were for everything to open up, how desperate we were for the restaurants, and then the government goes, oh, it's opening up, and you suddenly feel, oh, I'm not sure, I, I'm still feeling a bit fearful. Um, but you're right, I, I'm really looking forward to going out to a restaurant, and I think you have to trust that they're putting your safety first, and you have to go out. For, for me, one of the real wake-up calls has been that um, I have a Google alert on for my dad's name, um, which which sounds sounds weirder when, I don't know, weirder or better. But anyway, my, my d- dad's dead. That's a weird way to say that. I don't know how it's to put that It's true, though, in. yes. Um, and uh, I have a Google alert because I find it a really nice and comforting thing that occasionally when someone mentions him in an article or uh, quotes him, that I get a little email, almost like an email from him. Oh, God, I'm getting so emotional now. But anyway, but usually it's really sweet and uplifting. And actually, recently, it's just been all these restaurants that he loved shutting down, like yes. you know, Sardine that I went to with him and the Caprice that we used to go to uh, when I was younger, when it was a Corbin and King all the time. And it's, it's really upsetting. All all these restaurants closing down. Okay, I think you should mention that your dad was A.A. Gill and he was one of the best, I think the best, restaurant critics writing in the UK. So and that, that's, that's from he, his ex-wife. That's from his ex-wife. That's quite something, exactly. Imagine what his Thank real you. fans thought of him. I know, sometimes I wish he was less good of a writer because those are some just impossible shoes to fill but anyway that's that's another conversation so again that sort of reinforces the fact that you know those restaurants those retail outlets if they're going to continue to employ people and that's a bit of a sort of uh, sanitized way of looking at it but if they're also going to continue to be a great offer here in the UK then people need to start using them again I also saw that it's nearly two-thirds of people that do support the proposal for them to open and stuff. So most of the country is behind it, which is positive. Out we go. I'm looking forward to uh, our double date. (laughs) So, Flora, what has changed your mind over the past, recent past? So like uh, most of the country, I feel I've been watching I May Destroy You yes. uh, by Michaela Cole, uh, who, for anyone that's not watching it, she, she's in it, she wrote it, she co-directed, she's basically, she's basically a completely amazing woman who previously did Chewing Gum. And this is a drama comedy that she wrote um, about a number of different themes but partially based on an initial experience that happened to her when she was sexually assaulted while while filming she was she was drugged by a, a group of men and it is the whole show focuses on this idea of consent in a number of the episodes and i found it just incredibly powerful at changing i think the way that i have thought about consent in the past or the way that i have looked at at, at, at my past um i mean i think There's always this conversation whenever there's a he said, she said moment that maybe the woman is is misunderstanding it afterwards. Actually, I think that's rubbish. I think that is never basically the case. I think actually more often there's the opposite. There are these cases where it's actually not consensual, but women try and convince themselves in their heads that it is or rationalise it or don't want to go through with it. I've definitely had experiences in the past where a guy has pretended to wear a condom or where I've been too drunk to consent and I've just kind of pushed it aside the next day and never really thought about that. Um, I also remember being really young and basically having a, a guy try and upskirt photos of me and my friends, which is, you know, upskirting where you try and take pictures of someone up their skirt that Gina Martin brilliantly bought legislation on uh, last year, a couple of years ago. Um, but we just, we just laughed it off the next day and pretended it wasn't that big a deal. Isn't it interesting that this programme has really caught the popular imagination and it's got people talking about it? I mean, of course, it's not a totally new subject. I mean, people have always been talking about consent and about rape convictions and about whether we, don't, we deal well enough with sexual assault claims. Do you know how many rape cases are reported? to the police lead to a charge or a summons i mean it's a surprisingly low number i do know that in from 2018 to 2019 it was one and a half percent yeah that is a tiny number that's tiny and that's that's just of the people that report it that's not of the people it happens to it's minuscule it's i think 20 percent of women and four percent of men who have experienced some type of sexual assault 
Yeah, that's a huge number too. So I, I do think the issue of consent is something that has to be debated, but it has to be debated amongst the people who are really involved in it. So, you know, the Crown Prosecution Service and government and legislation, that's all very well engaging with it. But what is so relevant about this programme is that it's really hitting people's conversations down and around people's communities and just chatting in their families. That's why it's going to be so effective. Yeah, I think, the, I think honestly, the way to change opinions, I think more than legislation, in, in a lot of cases, having these kind of topics uh, talked about and discussed and, and witnessed in this way in pop culture, in television, can have a much bigger impact than any, anything else you can do, basically, to change mindsets. I completely agree. And, you know, when it's done well, those fictional programmes which incorporate some sort of important cultural message can be so effective. Uh, the one that I know that lots of people I know was when there was the domestic abuse trial in The Archers. People were on the edge of their seats listening for the debate amongst the jury about what they thought was domestic abuse and what they thought wasn't and the different characters. It was so well done. And it also also led to a big donation for to refuge to different domestic abuse charities because people were influenced by that to know they needed to support it. The, th- the cultural shift that I remember people talking about is the first lesbian kiss that happened on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was our favourite show we watched every Friday night. We are big Buffy fans in this household. I loved Buffy. I think it's very good feminist icon stuff. <laughs> exactly. But I didn't, at the time of watching that, I was quite a young child. I didn't think, oh, this is a big, this is a big impact lesbian moment. This no, is a no. big deal for television because I had no idea it was abnormal. I just watched it and just, you know, loved Willow and loved her finding love. Although Tara was not my favourite character, I have to say. <laughs> I'm not sure I remember them all, but I'm glad it had that impact on you. You just but, used to get upset when I called you Buffy's mum. You yes. wanted to be Buffy. Yes, I, of course I wanted to be Buffy. Who wants to be Buffy's mum? All, all credit to her, but I wanted to be like you, darling. I wanted to be the star of the show. Slayer. <laughs> the Slayer. <laughs> And now for our main topic. So this week, we'll be arguing over whether or not sharing nudes on social media is empowering. As you'd expect, mum thinks that sharing her naked form is very powerful on all her social media platforms. No, no. I'll be arguing that it's powerful, empowering, and mum less so. Quite. Uh, We'll have a guest joining us a little bit, Ruby Rare. She's an influencer and sex educator and general expert who uh, occasionally posts racy photos on social media. And she'll be talking to us uh, about her views. Um, But before then, we're going to just discuss it a little bit. Do you do it? Do you share nudes, Flora? Please tell me you don't. Um, Do I? You're asking if I I share nudes in general? Um, I... I, I don't know whether to lie or not. Yes, I've shared, I've shared a lot of nudes No, 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 no. You haven't shared nude privately. pictures of yourself on social media, no. have you? Because I would have seen them, I think. Yeah, I've shared nude, I've shared nude photos privately. Um, I used to always only share them if they were... I used to share a lot of pun nude photos. I kind of thought that was quite feminist. So it would be me topless, and then I would draw a little blue bird around my boob, and I'd write blue tit. Oh, I'm not my sure if I'm allowed Lord. to say that. Um, no, no. Okay, I still don't like it. <laughs> But at least it's not the full frontal that I really think I would be shocked by. Anyway, I don't. I don't believe that you've never even privately shared a naked photo. No. Just, just you know, one blue rosette on each nipple. Just little Tory teaser. <laughs> Anything for that last vote. Exactly. But no, I have. But did um, did Dad ever share any naked photos? I mean, your dad what? is quite Why outrageous. Do you think I would know. No, no. no. <laughs> But on social media or anything? Oh, yes, he did. Naked? He, well, I remember there was once, I once came down at boarding school and everyone was looking at a photo and they were all going, have you seen what the cover of the Sunday Times magazine is this week? And it was dad all painted silver, completely naked, posing Ooh. like the thinker. I, I do remember that. Yeah, I mean, we, your, your parents really lived up to the job of parents is to embarrass their children. Oh, completely, completely. And also, I've, ju- I've just had a flashback now. You've, you, you claim you've never sent naked photos to anyone, but I have seen your 
bronzed naked breast, which I believe you had made and sent to dad. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was a long time ago. That's almost, I mean, it is a different century. It is so long ago, Um, you know, in my 20s. Anything could have happened, but it's 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 a rather charming bronze bust. Char- True, charming bronze bust. And where is that bronzed bust now? It is in his uh, second wife's. Well, she was his third wife, wasn't she? Um, <laughs> uh, sitting room. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they're it, still there, I think. Yeah, her, your your bronzed bosom is keeping up her books on her bookshelf. I must make a note to myself to get them back. I think they would do much better here. But you haven't shared them online, have you? No, no, I haven't shared any nude photos online yet. There's some uh, great nude art of me online that's based on based on pictures. There's a Are We Nearly Bare Yet did one. Nude Threads did another. They're great for a piece I did for Grazia. And actually, I also have um, a pot uh, that I posted on social media that from Pot Your Tits Away Love, which is an exact replica of my breasts from some photos, down to the nipple. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's fair to say you've gone right to the edge there, but you still haven't actually shown, you know, bared all. And I don't want you to, but that is why I'm against this premise that in any way that naked photographs are empowering. But but if people do put them up, Flora, where would they put them up? I mean, I don't want us to encourage people to go and look there, but I haven't come across naked photographs on Twitter or Facebook, for instance. Uh, so it's, it's, social media has a bit of a difficult relationship with nudes because on the one hand, it kind of needs these semi-naked images because they do so well. People want to, you know, as we, as we would say, sex sells. So I know that, uh, like a bikini wearing photo on social, on Instagram is 50% more likely to appear at the top of your newsfeed. But at the same time, they don't want them to be taken over by, uh, by, by nudity or by pornography. In fact, in, in January last year, the Adult Performers Actors Guild, so lots of porn stars, uh, amassed a list of 1,300 uh, stars who'd been just thrown, out of, thrown off of Instagram, even though they said they didn't share anything that naked. So wow. they've got a difficult relationship. But um, in terms of the platform, uh, Twitter will pretty much allow anything. Really? Mm-hmm. You can, there's, there's a lot of... There's Ex- a lot of... Except some of President Trump's tweets, of course. <laughs> Uh, then there's Instagram's rules are uh, you can have you can't have a complete bare bottom. There has to be a little something in between the cheeks. So a tiny <laughs> thong and you're good to go. <laughs> and then obviously you can have men's nipples, but not women's nipples. Yeah, I can see the logic in that. Um, but then there was a whole thing about breastfeeding. So a lot of complaints about breastfeeding and uh, they've now put that as an exception into their rules. Uh, isn't that interesting? Because I remember when I was Home Secretary, one of the things we looked at was how to remove any child abuse, particularly of a sexual nature, on these social media platforms as far as possible. And so there were very strict rules put in place, which Facebook and Twitter accepted, about making sure that there was sort of age verification and that there was less nudity, etc. And I remember talking to Cheryl Sandberg about it, and she said that she gets she got complaints from breastfeeding mothers that they weren't allowed to put pictures mm. of themselves breastfeeding their baby because it uh, countered contravened their don't show a nipple rule but they were intent to stick with that because they didn't want to make sure they wanted to make sure that they didn't contravene that rule so it's interesting that you tell me that's now changed but i would say that that nudity has always been used to sell things or or some element of sex and nudity has been used to sell every product in the planet it has always been and in the history it has usually been men taking advantage or exploiting women's body is in order to sell there's also always been pornography there's always been all these different areas and at least now women aren't being exploited by men they are saying this is my body and if i want to use my naked self or my nudity to to get likes or to get a career or to improve it's mine to do with what what i will isn't that part of feminism not really because that's like saying that if women are exploiting women they're allowed to go ahead Uh, you're still exploiting women if you're saying the only purpose of this woman is to show off a product beneath her lovely naked body i still think it's something that i wouldn't want for my daughter to be doing therefore i don't support other people trying to do it but it's not women exploiting women. It's a, a, a woman doing it for herself. I think that's a big distinction. And and I think it should be a woman's choice and up to her what she does with her body. And you've said that that you don't think, you, you don't want it to say, this is all women are. They're just a sex object. 
But this is this can be part of what someone does. Just because I share a sexy photo, you're the one making the assumption that that's all I am. You know, if I go and make you lunch one time, that doesn't mean all I am is your lunch maker. If I go and give you a hand massage, I'm not just a masseuse. We're multifaceted. And just because I share one element of who I am, that doesn't discount all the others. Okay, I just think that the women who are saying I am empowered by sharing this naked picture of myself are being exploited, whether they recognise it as such or not. You think they're buying into a society and and fueling this ideal of women. I do, I do. I think that they are fueling it and they are being conned. And I would much rather they were studying for their physics degree or something like that. Okay, well, I think that's the perfect opportunity for me to bring on my guest, who I hope will be able to show you that nudity can uh, have many different impacts on women and girls and can have a really positive effect. So uh, we're going to be joined by Ruby Rare, who's a sex educator and influencer and has a lot of opinions on the topic. Great. On we go. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ruby, how would you describe yourself as sex educator? How else do you, how else are you known? Both of those things are true. So yeah, I'm a sex educator. I am queer and non-monogamous and I work with young people and adults of anything from like 12 to people in their 70s and early 80s. I've worked with talking about pleasure and sex and connection. I'm a proud ambassador for Brooke, the Young People's Sexual Health Charity and I'm currently towards the end of writing my first book, which is all about pleasure-focused sex. So, yeah, all things sex, queer, non-monogamy. I'm your gal. So me and Mum have just been starting off talking about uh, this week's topic, which is about nudes being powerful and empowering uh, on social media, or the sharing of them. And it's something that I think uh, is very empowering and can be very powerful. And Mum disagrees with me. Yes. I mean, I have an aversion to the idea of... Uh, people putting naked pictures of themselves on the internet in any form, um, partly because I'm, you know, Flora's mother. And so naturally, I think it's pretty normal as a mother, you don't want your daughter doing that. But also really as a former, um, you know, minister in government to do with security, I just, it just makes me wince that there are pictures of women that could be um, used badly, let's put it like that, or could mislead people. It could encourage younger women to put naked pictures of themselves on there and it might lead to consequences. It makes me very anxious on those two fronts, which is why I oppose it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, the first thing, I'm really curious to hear more about your opinion because I definitely agree with some of the things that you've just said. The first thing that's really interesting is when we talk about nudes, we always talk about women's bodies and everyone, regardless of gender, is sending naked images. Like the world is sending nudes all the time. I was having a really interesting conversation with a mate a couple of years ago that really was really formative with the way I think about this, who just said, I can't remember who the prime minister was, 
by at that point but was like you you know you know the prime minister will have nudes out somewhere like that's that's a thing and the thing is that like we i i really really disagree with the weaponizing of nudes because i think it's a really horrible form of body shaming even if someone has a completely different political identity and values to mine i i don't think we should be making fe- people feel horrible and shamed about the way that they use their bodies and what they do with them and if they want to take photos of them but I do think that nudes are becoming more and more normalized and if we can if we can generate them in a way that is really empowering I think that's positive because the one thing from working with young people the one thing that you can't do is tell anyone at any age just don't send nudes it's like saying, like, don't watch porn. Like, it's it's something that the vast majority of us do engage with. OK, I mean, I accept the fact that young people send new pictures of themselves to each other. But isn't that different to actually putting them on social media for the world to see? I don't think it's different. I mean, if you're a really important distinction here, I am really pro fun empowering some like sexy photos being uploaded onto the internet or being shared between peers provided everyone is above 18 if it's an indecent image of someone under the age of 18 then that is really illegal really problematic let's please not do that so we're talking about adults here I don't know if there's a difference between it being like a massive difference between it being sent from friend to friend or like lovers and it being put on social media and I think something that I find really healing and really important is seeing a wider variety of bodies not to mention like seeing a wider variety of like body types and races and abilities and genders and sexualities and like all all the stuff I think that variety is really beautiful and has definitely helped me feel more joy I I think I'm listening I think that's very interesting what you said and I'm inclined to agree but does it does it not worry you that it could be a gateway to young women feeling pressured to do other things but Mom, you're to looking, be put on social but media. you're looking at it from the point of view of, oh, there are these naked photos online that make people feel bad, that make other people feel bad. But as Ruby said, there are naked photos everywhere, or there's pornography everywhere, or there's nudity everywhere, or there's sex used in TV shows and movies and everything. At least on social media, as Ruby said, we're, there's the opportunity to share different types of nudity to own your own nudity but also for people that are body shapes that you don't regularly see of as ruby said to make sure that there's you can curate your own feed to have more black bodies than we would normally see in uh, magazines or newspapers or to have different abilities or to have different sizes it it can in fact make people feel better about their bodies and feel more empowered i know ruby because um one of the reasons we decided to or thought about doing this topic is because I wrote an article in Style magazine um, on the subject that's out today, actually. But one of the things I found really fascinating talking to Ruby was all the comments that you've got from other people, from people's parents, from uh, people looking at your photos who have found them really useful. Can you expand on that a bit? I make a point. Everything that I put online is... I, I really make a point of making sure that it is joyful and positive and... I'd like to think that I'm sexy some of the time. I definitely think I'm sexy, but I don't really use my body in a way that's like purely about sex and turning someone on. If I happen to turn someone on, great, but it's me being silly and happy and naked, which is me most of the time in my daily life anyway. So I think I was surprised at how powerful that was for lots of people of just seeing someone happily existing in their body. Because we often don't see that. We don't we rare we're rarely encouraged to connect with that ourselves and rarely do we see other people doing that in a way that has a lot of agency. So yeah, I've got the messages I like the most are the messages from parents who have said, I've just shown your like the photo that you just put up on Instagram to my teenage daughters because we they were both having a really hard time about connecting with their bodies and kind of feeling feeling really insecure in their bodies in that like really quite painful difficult teenage stage so for me it just makes me really happy that that's that's a kind of part of what I'm doing and that that helps people that does sound amazing and and so interesting and I suppose if it's done right in that way for the young women who I'm concerned about uh, it could be the antidote to the their fear they might have about the other pictures that a boyfriend might be putting out there or some other pictures. It allows them to put their own story out. Is that the point? 
Yeah, totally. The thing is, we can't deny the fact that revenge porn and images and videos that are explicit being used against someone not only is that a crime but that's like that's abhorrent that's such a horrible psychological thing to do and I think sexual bullying is something that we don't talk about often enough but when we're talking about someone putting an image of themselves online or sending it to a friend like I've got um I have a nudes group like whatsapp chat with me and some friends where we all just send each other like silly joyful nudes And it's really nice. It's been really nice during quarantine when we all feel a bit disconnected and a bit like sad to not be able to hug each other and a bit kind of weird in our own bodies. That's been really healing. And then kind of putting versions of those images or or things that are different online. There's a sense of agency there that is so different to people uploading images without the consent of the person who is in them or, or kind of images being manipulated. All of that feels like a really different conversation and that's one about bullying rather than about bodies and nudity that's the thing is that there's a huge distinction between owning your own body and feeling comfortable in your skin which i think particularly a lot of actually a lot of men as well but a lot of women are kind of taught to not feel comfortable in their own naked bodies or to think there's something wrong with it and it can be really empowering a way of 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 sharing and being like look i am sexy i am happy this is owning it but you do have to be that is a very different to sending private photos to someone and having those leaked and for someone else to be like oh well it's empowering for you i'm sharing these naked photos of you that's 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 not the same that's not consensual quite i agree with that and i'm slightly distracted now because flora's shown me the pictures um that you've done on instagram and i think they're fantastic (laughs) no they are fantastic they are they are i I can see that They, they exude your confidence in yourself and your body and I can see what you're talking about. She hadn't let me look at them before. And they are um, they are great. I do think they're great. I agree. And even though, you know, even though I have a fairly, I don't have the body that you see in ad campaigns or in magazines, but my body is very average in terms of like the UK's average in size. And those images I feel really passionately about because we don't see them often enough. Like it's ridiculous that I'm looked at as someone who's plus sized. I I would be very happy if I was, but I'm not. And kind of, I think the more people put this stuff out into the world, the more we can kind of see, like really see the nuance of bodies and celebrate that. Yes. And again, it's the antidote to people, young women particularly, thinking that they have to look perfect and, um, you know, be a size zero and stuff like that. It's actually more of a celebration also your face what I hate about the sort of naked pictures that you see sometimes of young girls who put themselves out there and stuff is that they look gormless they're kind of like models who kind of go out of their way to look like I've got no idea what's going on and these aren't those sort of pictures I'm curious to know Ruby what do you think of women and people that are model figures or perfect things and are sharing you know nuder photos on social media as as well because I, I feel like I've almost won mum over with the it's it can be powerful if you're not if you're a certain type of person not if you're just a super skinny hot model whereas I would say those people can still share so nudes and can still be empowered by it well in terms of the body positive movement super skinny hot models are also welcome like I, I co-facilitate a body positive life drawing class with my lovely friend Rosie and what we feel very passionately about is that like if someone walked into our space with the body of Kim Kardashian, let's say, that person and their body would be just as welcome there as anyone else. Body positivity is not just non-conventional bodies, it's all bodies. And it, it has a lot less to do with how you look and more about how you feel. So I'm kind of I'm not really against anyone of any size posting more nude photos online I guess what I really like is when you can really see character in them because a lot I get frustrated seeing like if I for example like went onto someone else's Instagram and it was a different feed and it was just essentially the same photo over and over again of a very similar person doing a very similar thing with a similar body I find that a bit dull, but if that's what makes them happy and if that's what makes them feel empowered, then I am not going to stop them. And, and I would encourage that and celebrate it because 
I guess if we're both coming at it from the same place, it shouldn't make a difference, whether it's my body or, or someone like theirs. But when does it trip into porn? I mean, when does it trip into women putting themselves out there, thinking they're being empowering, and actually they're just feeding a sort of porn machine, which nobody wants their daughters doing? Okay, porn is a whole different... Porn is my favourite thing to talk about of all time, I think. That's a whole other subject. Um, That's a whole other bridge I need to get mum's mum over on. <laughs> well, I... I have done so much work professionally talking about the porn industry and kind of and giving people new perspectives on it. Um, anything can be porn, basically. It's it's really it's really hard to define. You can say it's explicit and it's about genitals and sometimes those genitals like mashing into each other. But really, porn is very subjective. And you're totally right. Something that I deem to be really empowering and like sexual and sensual may feel just like straight up porn to you um i guess the thing that's tricky is that because a lot of our social media platforms have quite strict censoring and so don't encourage and will block and delete anything that feels like mainstream porn we've kind of got this weird thing where we we exist in spaces like instagram or tiktok which can be celebratory and can be sexual but there's definitely a line and and I know I know that lots of people won't feel the same way as me, but I'm always quite. I I wish that there was a way of existing without there being such a structured, rigid line. I think having kind of like the porn side and the rest of the world side is really alienating and doesn't help and kind of contributes to a lot of a lot more feelings of shame when it comes to sex. Like porn is a choice, but it shouldn't have to be something that's kind of like pushed pushed under the carpet and like kept really secret i don't i don't want like the stuff i do to be glorified and then the stuff that porn performers do to be seen as something that's like that's wrong and then interestingly social media kind of has the almost exact attitude that i can see mum slowly slowly falling in line with which is that if you're a hot super skinny young white model for example posting semi-nude just about skating the line of social media's acceptability you're far less likely for them to shadow ban you or or to block you or to delete your account than if you're a uh, a much larger black queer model who's posting the same kind of photo they're actually much more likely to say it's indecent and block it because i think we have been I think it's part of this problem that they've been conditioned to see one type of semi-nude as kind of acceptable and one type is not. So there are definitely still issues with social media creating this, this if, it, if it's sexualized, then it's okay. And if it's just naked, then it's not. And I, I think that's really problematic. Yeah. My flavor of body positivity is about celebrating bodies so much that they no longer become that much of a big deal. Like I, I exist, I have two housemates and we are all really naked people and we're really happy naked. Now that the sun is out, like what, at least one of us is, is naked in the garden at any given time and and living. And I'm grateful because I grew up in a house where kind of nudity was joyful and accepted and not like sexualized or I, I, we weren't made to feel weird about it. And I, I just really like more people to feel like they have the option to feel like that, because it's really nice just sitting with your body peacefully and calmly and being nude and that not having to be this big radical thing. It's just our body. Like, what? why can we not just enjoy that? But again, isn't that... Um, sorry, well, that was a discussion I had with Flora earlier when I said, you may want that to be how the world is, but that is not how it is now. But how do we, but how do we change it without doing it? Mm. Yes, you, and, you, and you have made me think by what you've been doing here and by having this conversation. But we mustn't forget that, you know, there's a reason why Facebook take the, have the regulations in place that they do. They don't want to have porn on family sites so they they have to have the draw the line somewhere and they draw it in a way that does exclude some of the things that you and perhaps flora might want to do but there has to be some way of protecting people who are the other side of that line and at the moment that's the that's the that's the route they go yeah i i guess i sort of i don't mind there being family friendly social media sites i just feel a bit frustrated that all of them are i'd quite like there to be a social media site that wasn't specifically to do with porn that allowed more explicit content because I think a space that people could choose to go into where the lines were a bit blurred 
would feel really empowering. And where do you where do you think is the best place where you and people who think and act like you do in terms of photographs? What what site do you find is is welcoming? There isn't one. Is that the point? No, there's not one. There's not one. I mean, like Twitter, Twitter's quite good with like with not being as hot on censorship. But then right now for my kind of stuff, Instagram's sort of the place where things where things work the best and it's where I've got the biggest audience. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, I'm not I'm not a fan of any of the social media platforms that I use. But what I love is the community that's on there. What about men? Uh, I would like to see more joyful and empowering embodied nudes of men. This is, I, I, I'd really like this to not be as much of a female and femme focused movement because it feels, it feels really important to celebrate all bodies. And there are so many complicated things about the way that people who are raised female are taught to be in their bodies and the expectations that are put down on us. But I think the way that that works for men is so unexplored and and the confidence and the empowerment that's kind of that's really personal and genuine rather than just privilege that's kind of been plumped onto someone. I'd really like to see that explored more. I think that's probably more of a there was probably traditionally more pressure on women. But as a result, there has been more of a community that has built up off the back of it, like to counter it whereas I don't really see that as much for men yet it's true there's not so much sort of and there's still a lot of pressure on men to look perfect yeah. and even if when you look at like you know this is such a basic example but when you look at the kind of body required for like for example the first Wolverine movie that version of Hugh Jackman how jacked he is is actually not that jacked compared to the newest Wolverine where he has to look like just a re- Ridiculous front cover of FHM. or oh, FHM is the wrong type of magazine, but a completely bodybuilder type. There's just more and more pressure. Of oh, men to I look see. Like and that. you think that's evolved because there's more pressure? Yeah, okay. I do think I do think there's a lot more pressure, and, and it's different in different communities as well. I agree. Um, Ruby, you've given me a lot to think about. Actually, uh, I've been busy combating Flora, telling her how wrong she is, and you're making me think again. So thank you very much. Well, you're so welcome. And look, neither, I don't think either of you are wrong. It's just it's really nice to kind of give space for this. And I really value having conversations with people who have different opinions because it's kind of boring just being in an echo chamber where everyone agrees with you all the time. Yes, I agree. I agree. I agree. That's, that's, that's you come on the right show. <laughs> Thank you for being my secret weapon, Ruby, and helping me uh, move mum a little bit closer, closer to my side. That was completely different to what I expected. Yeah. Uh, I thought she was very convincing, really. I liked her approach to being open about herself, her character, and as part of that, her body. I had expected something much more provocative and sort of sexual, and it wasn't. I think also the idea that anybody has a perfect relationship with their body is, is, is... A lie. Nobody does. Everyone has insecurities about part of it. And if sharing a semi-naked photo, if you're a grown-up and you're consensual and you're doing it in a way that you don't mind lots of people seeing, it can be powerful and empowering. I still, I mean, I still struggle uh, with the idea of why it has to be naked. You know, you can be, you know, wearing sort of skimpyish clothes and still showing that you're confident about your body and what you're giving over a certain message, which she does. I don't quite fully subscribe to why it has to be totally naked but actually she's not totally naked in most of the pictures anyway it's just sort of incidental in a way the nudity isn't it Mm, I think the point is is that you can you've maybe come around a little bit to the idea that you can share at least partial nudity and have it be empowering and powerful but what you've introduced me to is the idea of this whole different approach see when we talked about sharing social media sharing nudity on social media I thought you meant um, you know, just provocative pictures of you, your girlfriends, sort of looking like sort of naked supermodel type things. Uh, so flattering. Karen. So flattering, yes, obviously. Uh, but this isn't what well, this is at all. This is kind of a whole different genre of reaching out to other people about being confident about your body, confident and playful. But, but it's not necessarily not sexy, but it's it's owning your body and saying these different types of bodies, these bodies that you might not be seeing on 
magazines in other ways or not noticing it as much these can be sexy too these are powerful I'm proud I'm happy but I didn't feel though that these were the sort of pictures and her approach wasn't the sort of thing that young underage girls would follow or adopt which is what one of my fears was because they're already young girls posting some of them sort of semi-naked pictures of themselves and Mm -hmm. but she was very clear obviously that's not what she's still seeking to achieve at all but also the nature and the character of those sort of posts aren't going to appeal to them I don't think Mm mm-hmm what do you mean by appeal to them? Well, they're not going to... They're sort of those young girls who are in, inappropriately putting pictures of themselves out are trying to emulate sort of models in provocative positions. But they might try and emulate this if they see it and they think, oh, that's that's powerful, that's happy, that's that's supportive and there's a great community around it and if you look at not just the photos but the comments on not 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 even just this account but lots and lots more of them they're really they're really supportive yeah no, that really is pleasant. good that is good but you don't want young girls doing that you know, i mean not underage obviously, if we obviously. Discussed it. but um and so my concern was always that it was a gateway to something ugly and she was pretty reassuring on that okay good i think i think i'm gonna take that as a win i think you can take that as a partial win i can't surrender too early too soon particularly on the first episode and I'd rather you didn't do it yourself I can't resist saying that I'm your mother fair enough so how do you think we did there first episode not bad. Oh, I'm going to be make sure that I've got one to really smash you with next time. And I'm going to have a great guest for you, Rory Stewart, Ooh. so you can hear what he has to say and we will at that time smash you and your opinions. <laughs> it's not a competition. It always is a competition. It is for a it. You've been listening to Split Opinion with Flora Gill and my co-host Amber Rudd. Tweet us or Instagram us. Let us know your thoughts. Do you share nudes on social media? Do you find it powerful or not? At Times Radio or me at Flora E. Gill or mum at Amber Rudd UK. This is a wireless studio production for Times Radio produced by Ben Mitchell. Comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and more. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.